I first met my co-host when she had a syndicated talk show all about sex. Sex with Sue. Sue McGarvey. And I am the Milkman John Milky, host of The Milkman Show, heard on radio stations across North America. And my home base, BlastTheRadio.com. We're glad you're here. Let's get turned on. There she is, Sue McGarvey, all set to talk all things sex. It's kind of what we do, beginning with a sexual revolution. Yes, sexual revolution. Hey, everybody, let's start our own sexual revolution. You know, if you were a child of the 70s or the 60s even, you know, you knew how changing it up and, you know, you know, free love and all that stuff. And if you were a person in, you know, the last little while, if you're a millennial and you're thinking free love, that happens. Sex is having the feels like you're having the possibility of the unexpected, but not too much of the unexpected because we want to have a sexual revolution that we're, at least I am, home in bed by 1030. <laughs> oh, oh, Sue. I know. Well, oh. it's it's really about rediscovering passion as you age, right? Sex should feel as passionate, but turns out that only 40% of people 65 to 80 are having sex. Uh, so I see it a lot in my in my practice, you know, that guys will be reluctant and finally four years in, their wives will drag them in going, he needs some medication, there's something going on. They, the need to want and be wanted is beyond compare and it can happen even when you're a little silver on top. So okay. I think we, we, need to, we need to look at that. Sex is the magic sauce for couples. So how do we start a sexual revolution? Milky, what do you think? I think you start with a podcast called Turned On and you encourage people to be themselves and you invite people to just keep an open mind and ask the questions. Look, I think we have held back on all of these things that uh, we want to try, that excite us, that titillate us, and for whatever reason, we've just been conditioned to bite our tongues on this. And if COVID taught me one thing, it's that we need to just live our damn lives. Stop being afraid. Yeah, let's have that revolution. Yep. It taught me that I don't want to live alone. That's what it taught me. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know that that for a lot of people, they're stuck, right? Either they're having ED problems, which for guys is mortifying, or for women, I had one woman describe it recently as rubbing her vagina on a carpet. That's what it feels like. It is drier than the Sahara. And I'm like, look, it is, you know, we need to get some stuff there. I tell everybody, don't eat the coconut oil in my bathroom because we put coconut oil there or you can get the estrogen creams, but you need, need some, you know, some actual lubrication, you know, even in, you know, they have the handmaiden's tail. Like she used, she'd use butter as her hand cream because that's all you could get when you're in a, you know, dystopian world, but right. you need to have something right. And that older sex is a little slower. It's still sexy and stimulating. But in order to have a sexual reawakening, maybe it's a better word than revolution, but mm. reawakening, um, redo the uh, the sexual revolution that you had in your misspent youth is to understand. So we were talking last time about a bunch of your clients, a bunch of people doing your, your poll. Very few of them were having sex or a good chunk of them were never having 40 sex. 40% were not having 40%. sex at all. Well, it turns out 40% of people 65 to 80 aren't having sex. Yeah. Something's got to change, Sue. Something's got to change. So we are out to start this new sexual revolution. And it helps by, let me tell you how we're segueing into this. We helps by why adults need sex education. And they need it 
because it's about modern sex education is about owning your own body. Oh, and there was this great article talking about how people in OnlyFans, <laughs> they had a survey that that over 18% of them felt that their sex life and their sex education had improved by watching OnlyFans. I'm sure their, their wallets are lighter, but uh, yes. uh, <laughs> their knowledge is improved, right? So how so? Because, I mean, OnlyFans to me is basically, uh, it's a pay-for-porn site is what it is. You're not getting much of an education on OnlyFans. I think it's better than porn because at least real people are talking about what they really like. That's true. Um, as opposed to porn going, oh, look, he touched my elbow. Oh, oh, oh. You know, <laughs> you're going into frozen ecstasy. Or, oh, my God, that's a tree trunk. Guess where he's going to put it? And you're like, oh, poor you. You're going to be sitting on one of those pillows for a long time. Like, ouch. All right. So I, what kind of sex education do adults need? What What are we lacking in our knowledge when it comes to sex? Well, I think the piece that most people need in terms of, of sex education, you know, they all need the ability to communicate. I'm like, across the board, we need this ability to communicate. But why adults need sex ed? And, and I'm doing it now. I'm doing these, you know, doing these workshops and it's really funny. So I did one um, where we did oral sex on men. It's called that little blowjob action. And I had a woman in the in the crowd who was 75, and she hadn't had a partner for a long time. Has a new guy, and <laughs> I got a note two days later saying she blew his mind. But anyway, he was like thanking thanking me for uh, for this class. But we had a sex worker who taught the class, and it was all women, ages 35 to 75. And it was the it was funny and fun and engaging and questions and what worked for some women. And it's again, it's that dialogue about what turns you on, what makes you passionate, how do you do it? If you have any tricks. And the sex worker had lots of them, but you know, not everybody was like, no, nah, I don't like that, or I don't like the oil, or she used food. And some people were like, I don't want to be sticky. And but people had all kinds of different ideas about what worked for them. So well, I really is, like it. This is just it. That environment is, okay, this is one suggestion. The idea is to absorb all of this, isn't it? And kind of find what works for you. Be open to all of these things. Be aware that they happen. Try them and then and, and discount them after you've tried them and don't like them and move yeah. on to the next idea. It's like kink, right? You don't, you can, I can say it's interesting. I don't want to do it. Or you try it once and go, nah. But it doesn't matter how it you is do interesting, that. by the way. And um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> list of things. And if even if it doesn't appeal to me, right, it may appeal to somebody else. And that's the one thing about sex that there's no one size fits all. So you got to get a whole diversity of things, which is why we're starting our own sexual revolution. But to understand, you're owning your body, you're owning your pleasure, you're owning that divide, and you're saying, I, "This is what I want, and I want to try it." So, like, I had a couple this morning who I talked to who are struggling and they're they're trying to go to tr spice up their sex life by going to like really aggressive sex clubs and i'm like no you guys need to go to you know the old venus envy used to do classes like yeah. they need to go to that equivalent in their city go to something that where they where the sex you know the, the sex store people you know doing vibrator 101 right. and then they do you know, how to do Give Pleasure 101 or hand jobs and all the different oils and you know, those kinds of things. They need to start with the basics. And I think if you haven't done anything to improve your sex education, it's it's a learned technique, not of something you're born with. I'm a sex therapist with 30 years experience and I still take classes. If you haven't never taken one or if the last one you took was in high school by the sweaty gym teacher, I'm challenging you to say, let's do more. 
So I have, you know, we're doing weekly sex education classes on our, my Duckling group. We are the ducklings.com. Join us. Uh, you get a weekly video and audio and books and tutorials. And we are changing everybody's sex education one day at a time. Amazing. We are the ducklings.com. All right, Sue, you've got a listener question. Let's dive into that right now. All right, listener question was, and this is from JK, like as in rolling. Um, <laughs> can I have sex with my best friend um, and still keep them as my best friend? Uh, so the article was, uh, I don't, we don't want to date, but we don't want to lose the friendship. It started as a drunken night, dot, 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 dot. Mm. And the sex was really hot. But I don't want to do, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, oh my God, you're playing with fire, right? It, you know, because you're so connected, the sex is probably good. There's an emotional closeness, there's familiarity. It makes sex hot without the awkwardness, except, oh, I have a friend who had a similar situation, except it was her roommate. And they decided to, I don't know what kind of controlled substance they were on, something. And yeah. And it was somehow, and they had a hot tub, and you can guess the rest. She ended up deciding it was so awkward because he pretty much declared undying love for her the next day. And she's like, ah! So she went home to her parents and then decided she was going to go on a tour of Europe <laughs> just to avoid the <laughs> of dealing with her roommate. All right, you know, the okay, thing I've heard of going to the corner happen. store to avoid, you know, the conversation. Europe, that's <laughs> on a whole other level. Yeah, I just couldn't decide to do it. So she uh, she just, she ran. She ran. So, yeah. No, okay. I'm saying that it's, it's if it happens, understand there's a couple of things that are going to go on. Number one is women bond. We've yes. already talked about that. Yes. How you start having sex with somebody, you bond, and you can't help but bond because your brain starts putting out all this oxytocin and you can't fight it. It's it's a bottle of tequila. You cannot fight it. I have experienced yeah. that. It yeah. It, it you know. And no matter how many times you have the conversation about, listen, this is just a one off. This is not an attachment Casual. kind of thing. Da, 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 da. And they understand that, and they say they understand that. The number of times I've gone to Sue and said, Sue, it happened again. Yep. Right. Yes, we did. All yeah. right. You had a one off, and then somebody and falls then, in love, and then they're attached. Right. You and, and there's you know on we're, your doorstep, you leaving you notes. We're yeah. buying a house together. Yeah. Uh-huh, because women have these ideas in their head about how it's going to go. So that's a problem. And number two is you're going to blow up your friendship because inevitably, if both of you don't want it, there's going to be some discord and dialogue. And it's really, really hard to navigate unless you're absolute grown-ups. And the only thing I can suggest is make sure you have other partners immediately, <laughs> like immediately. Okay. Don't so let this be your only partner. It was either the last podcast or the podcast before that. We talked about the whole friends with benefits thing, the situationship, right? Right. So you're saying then situationships are great, but don't do that with your best friend. Have a situationship friend that is separate from a best friend. Because, yeah, I, th I think you're right. The lines get blurred if it's a best friend and you value yeah. that. Things are going to change. I have a, I have a friend that <laughs> – I have another quick story – so I was going, I think I've told this at one point, I was going to um, go to Desire on a paid um, promo gig. And, and I said to friends of mine who were very wealthy in Toronto, I'm going to this, it's clothing optional, you know, and I kind of implied that it was, you know, like, I, I think it's, at that point, it was only topless. 
and he had his secretary book a week at Desire. <laughs> had no idea, had no idea the kind of stuff they were walking into. And, and I basically, at the first hour I was there saying, look, the only thing, the only rule about this is, A, you got to talk about it, and B, you don't sleep with your friends. Like, you don't do it. Don't sleep because there are other people that they knew. And I'm like, whatever you do, don't, you know, don't pee in your own backyard is, is what my partner's saying. Is. Stranger yeah. danger does not apply here. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Run away. So that would be my suggestion is get other partners in a hurry. Be really adult about it. And if you're feeling like you got to go to the corner store or Europe because you don't want to talk to him yeah. about it. Um, bad idea. Yeah, I would say if the relationship is already established, okay, it started out that way, we get it, but if it's now established as a really, really good and solid friendship, uh, you are jeopardizing that if you go back to the boudoir together. Um, You sent me an interesting email. I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but bug sex oh i'm so excited about this oh my god it was the best interview ever you know guy in toronto i try not to hold that against him um (laughs) was uh, a documentary filmmaker so he wrote produced and directed this documentary it's going to be on the nature of things next week it is uh the one of the last things uh narrated by david suzuki and he's apparently started his career as a biologist doing uh fruit fly research who knew um, and so this this whole thing is about the weird ass stuff that happens with bugs. And they did crickets, spiders, and you know, different kinds of beetles and mantis. And anyway, it was it was fascinating, like absolutely fascinating. I was riveted. You have to hear the clip about you know, volcanic Hawaiian crickets. Okay. It was jaw-dropping and about that the fact that we got nothing on bug sex it is varied weird genitalia crazy shit that they do we have nothing on how fascinating bug sex is so have a listen it's a whole wild almost sexual arms race out there in bug world huh okay so what was the part that surprised you the most i think when i we mentioned it about evolution uh it's the story of the oceanic field crickets in hawaii um with uh dr marlene zook um she's one of the um world's leading bug biologists and she was on the island of Kauai in hawaii in the 90s at a conference and she knew about oceanic field crickets so she went out one night to see if she could capture some and she could see the males running around but they weren't making any noise and anybody, you know, that spent a night outside in the summer, when they hear, you hear the crickets, crickets, like, you know, all of a sudden when they go silent, means something's going on. And what she determined was when they, that's their mating call. That noise you hear is their mating right. call. They get it by rubbing their wings together. together. What, what happened was a parasitic fly was also being drawn to the mating call and drop dive bombing the males with little sticky larvae that would then burrow into the males turn them into zombie crickets and then later on burst out as maggots Ooh. so clearly this isn't this isn't advantageous to the Cricket. to the lives of the crickets so what happened in the span of um uh just 20 generations which is really only about five years they completely uh their wing morphology completely changed it adapted wow. So that it doesn't make noise anymore. This shows you how quickly evolution can happen. But then that presents another problem. How do they find a mate? 
Uh-huh. So that's what scientists are still working on trying to I'm figure riveted. out. I'm riveted. That's the coolest thing ever. You're right. That is so cool. Yeah. 20 generations we can evolve, or at least bugs can evolve. Wow. Bugs can evolve, but, but in no time at all, right? And yeah. so what you can learn about evolution through bug sex um is 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 absolutely remarkable and there's still the other i think the other thing that really blew me away was that we've all heard you know i talked about the male spider dying and but generally our understanding of the way sex works in bug world like when you talk about your drones is that the male is the one that in, initiates things it's the male that puts on a show it's the males that have the ornaments right, right. um but one of the and that and that was just assumed to be the way it was but the reason that female bugs don't have as much research done on them is that female people for decades weren't biologists right. now with way more women involved in the sciences they're they're finding all of this uh, sexual behavior on on the female side that was missing before so half the story has been missing Huh. And um, we that sounds, are, that sounds like the pleasure divide. <laughs> I, I know all about that too. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah. And so we were we shot in Uruguay mm -hmm. with uh, Anita Eisenberg, who's a brilliant biologist, a spider biologist, and they've got a lot of wolf different species of wolf spiders down there. But there's one in particular called the Alicasa, where they've got a sexual role reversal. So it's the female that comes a calling. A male digs a burrow in the sand, and the female comes along, opens up the burrow, and goes down inside. And to see if she'll be accepted by him. She's also checking out his burrow. She's checking out his pad. Right. Because if all goes well, he'll leave it to her and ah. she'll have her babies in there. But a lot of the time it doesn't go well. And he'll, if he doesn't like her, he'll eat her. Huh. So, so it's, it's risky. Yeah, it's risky, but it's a, it's a complete opposite of the Black Widow spider situation. And these are things that nobody knew anything about until just a few years ago. Okay. Bug sex. Isn't that cool? It was so cool. <laughs> I, I, this is why I love doing this podcast. You bring the most amazing stuff. Uh, if people want to hear more of that, is that available uh, like on YouTube or something? Or? It's not going to air. The documentary is not going to air until next week, March okay. 10th. Uh, but find it. It's a documentary on bug sex, you All know, right. like look it up and uh, you can watch the whole thing. It was, it was great. I, he's hoping to have a second one. I'm like, I, I couldn't get enough of this guy. Also, I love that that's somebody's job. Okay. You got friends. I got friends. They're on vacation. It's it's sex on the beach. It's it's that holiday sex, and I, I'm right. Is that sex? Y'all need to stop sending me your your photos of your sexy vacation. I'm stuck here in the cold for crying out loud. Land of ice and snow, baby. We are here, and you know, I hear we're big in Australia. Maybe we need an invite, damn, because we need to. Be I'm I'm all for going down under, Sue. Yeah, I know you are. That, I heard that about you. That joke never tires, does it? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> so, best tips for holiday sex. All right. For those of you, although we're, you know, we're crushing your little head and doing little voodoo things of you having, you know, amazing sex on the beach. But the reason <laughs> it's so hot is new places away from the humdrums. It's an escape from your, you know, Netflix and your, you know, PJs and your sleeping but it's activities, you know, it's it's fun things, right? Things that are new. And women always like, we've talked about this, like new adventure. But if you're relaxed, you're, you know, turned on by adventures, you are doing activities that get your adrenaline up, which we've talked about. You know, you're going zip lining or you're 
you know, windsurfing for the first time ever. Or even just and the dancing that goes on at some of these places. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. You're, you're doing salsa, sexy thing on the beach. You were showing that you got a uh, uh, keychain from your friends at Hito. I Show up did. Keychain. I keychain. did. I got a lovely little keychain of... I, I, People doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they brought me a Hito flag as well, which is going to be, you know, flying in the backyard the next time the neighbor has something to say about what goes on <laughs> in my backyard. But here's what you need to do. You need to turn off your phone. And anytime I go someplace, you know, really alone, like I have no phone, which is great. I always pack toys, which are all equally great. You know, you have to make sure you have the adapter so you can charge them. You know, you're able to do that. But here's <laughs> the rules of that. As things you you have to do, you don't get sunburnt, no getting sunburnt. You manage your expectations that you're not going to have sex morning, noon, and night. You guys figure out what the volume is because some people go into it going, okay, we're going we're gonna to do nothing but stay in bed for a week. Right. Somebody else is thinking, no, I want to do 17 different things. I want to be Julie the cruise director and not. You have to manage your tummy, your UTIs, your hormones on all of this so you're not ragging at the same time, all of that stuff. So those are things to think about with holiday sex, but it can be the best damn sex of your life. If you ask women about the best sex of their life, they're telling you interesting places and doing it, you know, someplace else. Yeah. The unlimited bar probably helps with the coziness too a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It? For women, it, it, it is a panty remover. For guys, it's a depressant on your central nervous system too. Otherwise, you're that guy, you know, passed out in the luggage, you know, you know, you're that, that uh, drunk on a plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We should do music with this. Drunk me. on a plane, sex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what, you know, that's what you need to do. I want to know if you're going someplace. So send us a note, like Sue at Sex with Sue. Tell us, you know, send us a picture, especially something naughty. That would be so much fun. We could put you in the little blurb. Oh, and coming up next week, we have the Pervy Book Club. Yes. Pervy Book Club, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing Wetlands. Um, which is really, really out there. And then Nancy Friday, who died a couple years ago, is was the leader of women's fantasies. And we discussed in the first Prairie Book Club that we needed to uh, read some of her fantasies and decide which one was our favorite and then share it with the group. So it's going to be, man, it is going to be steamy as all get out. So if okay. you want to join the Prairie Book Club, it is free. And I send you the book. Like, I, like that's like a forty dollar value. Like, it's isn't like, that the challenge with any other book club? Somebody suggests a book and then people can't get their hands on it. You know, it's either you know sixty dollars to buy at the bookstore, or the library's got limited editions, and and you're on a waiting list all of a sudden, and you can't read the book on time for book club. Sue is going to set you up. And coolest people. We have people from, we had people in New Jersey with that crazy New Jersey accent. I had somebody from Louisiana doing that Southern boy thing. I had, I, we had people off the coast of Florida. We had Chicago people. We have Toronto people, which we still try and like. And we have, <laughs> you know, That's all two kinds shots of East, Coast, on the show yeah, today. East, Coast, East Coast people and West Coast people and come join us. They're nice. They really are. She is Sue McGarvey, and her email address for all of your questions and your comments is... Sue at sexwithsue.com. And I'm John Milky, the Milkman. Don't forget, you can text the show as well at 613-604-6464. If you're in the States, 941-725-6455. Talk to you again next week. Mwah! Mwah! <laughs>